0: Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
1: Good morning, how are you doing? Welcome, welcome to Confessions of a 30-something drama queen. This feels so mad to be saying out loud. I can't believe it, like I'm right here in your headphones. How weird is that? Can we get a little royalty-free kids cheering sound for episode one? God, you can take the girl off YouTube, but you really can't take the YouTube out of the girl, can you? I'm so sorry. Wow. Anyway, I'm currently in Ryan's home studio. Ryan is my boyfriend, by the way, and if you're wondering why he has a home studio, it's because he's a music producer. He's not crazy. Uh, We've just been out. We've got a coffee. Oh, little ASMR coffee sound there. No, should I do that? Oh, God, who knows? The sun is shining and I decided it would be a great day to record episode one. I'm so nervous. I'm so excited. I've been feeling nauseous for about a week now. But hopefully I will be a little bit better today than the very awkward trailer I made back in March. If you haven't listened to it, lucky you. I'll be surprised if I actually have any listeners after that teaser. Like, God, why did I even upload that? Actually I'll tell you why I uploaded that and it's because I wanted this pod to go straight onto Apple and I needed to upload something before I could submit it because it takes so long for Apple to like approve you and you have to upload a file to get approved. How long is that? I did it especially for my bestie basically because she listens to pods while she works and that is how she listens to her podcasts so nay honey it was all for you. And it's actually because of her this entire podcast concept came to be, which is so funny. And I guess that brings me to introducing this podcast a little bit. Okay, so the basic sentiment of Confessions of the 30-something drama queen, which we are going to shorten to 30-something drama queen for the sake of the fact that it's a mouthful. Uh, and also Acast asked me to shorten it slightly because uh, apparently it was just a bit too long rude but anyway love you acast sorry anyway the basic sentiment of confessions of a 30-something drama queen if you haven't listened to the very awkward trailer is and i don't mean to be dramatic when i say this actually oh wait this isn't youtube so i can be as dramatic as i like adult life oh wait maybe i shouldn't shout because the microphone might go crazy uh adult life? Adult life is a scam. And I have no idea what I'm doing. And I've just turned 30. And I have thoughts, people. I have thoughts. So how did my friend inspire this? She came over and she asked me to help make her a skincare routine. Now, believe it or not, I am actually not a qualified dermatologist. Uh, So naturally, first things first, you shove a copy of Caroline Hiron's skin Bible thingy into her hands as a bit of bedtime reading homework vibes but she was actually talking to me about her skin concerns because I needed that to recommend skincare to her and she said she was about to turn 30 in a few months and she had no routine and was telling me her face just feels like it's changing and I totally relate to that because I found from the age of like 28 maybe a bit younger to 30 something there are really noticeable skin changes that start to take place and I found especially like in terms of texture and plumpness for me that massively changed not even getting into the uh, adult acne i experienced because that's a story for another day and another time but anyway i because of my job feel a lot of pressure to be very cute and as perfect as possible and i don't point out negative things about myself uh, partly because i like to shield myself from other people's opinions and not draw attention to things but also In terms of my mental health, I don't really like to speak negatively about myself too much unless I'm like laughing at myself, obviously. But I was with my bestie and even though my brain was like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. I was like, yeah, I really feel like my face has dropped like six inches south recently. Like, I'm not sure how, but it just looks like it's dropped. Everything is falling. (laughs) And she was like, oh my God. Yes, same. This is 30. And we're both just screaming and laughing. And it was a really magical moment for me. I had been feeling so self-conscious, i just turned 30 very recently at that time, and I feel like I've physically and mentally experienced a lot of changes and also my confidence since then, but also since the start of lockdown, had dramatically dropped. And that combined with my milestone birthday, it really did a number on me. But that moment when someone else had said they were experiencing something that I was also experiencing, and I genuinely felt like it was just me experiencing it, it made me feel so much less alone and it got me thinking about how many of my life experiences over the past 10 years would maybe have felt less heavy or less isolating if I'd shared how I was feeling. But back then, I was way too scared to be vulnerable and honest. However, recently it started to feel almost satisfying, like stepping on a crunchy autumn leaf, if you will. Side note, is that not, not the best feeling? Fun fact. Fun fact. And I'm sorry, I will say fun fact before I tell you something potentially so boring. It's probably my biggest toxic trait. Anyway, my therapist actually taught me this crunchy leaf theory, except for her, it was the crunching eggshells theory. I guess she uses that because we use the phrase stepping on eggshells to describe navigating uncomfortable situations. But I turned it into stepping on crunchy leaves because I find it very mentally satisfying. And it works, I guess. The point is to find some kind of delight in a situation where you feel vulnerable or uncomfortable. Case in point, I was actually taught this in relation to my parents because very small things cause them to feel pained. Like walking into my house and seeing unopened posts, like it pains them. And they're like, this is our eldest child, our favourite daughter, our only daughter. And she can't even like, she gets overwhelmed by opening her post. How tragic is this? Um... I used to get so anxious seeing them feeling a certain way about it and she taught me to laugh when they do that and almost like get a sense of joy out of it and a bit of a kick out of it rather than getting really anxious that I'm a grown woman who can't cope with basic life tasks like opening her post. It's a bit like Lorelai Gilmore in Gilmore Girls, where she reveals that she actually takes joy in Emily, her mother, losing her shiz about certain aspects of her life. So yeah, a little bit like that. I'm turning feeling very, very vulnerable, try saying that three times, into a good feeling. It's open, it's honest, why shouldn't that feel good? And even if my fear of being vulnerable in my 20s held me back, maybe my ability to share it now will help some of you. I really hope so. Anyway... (laughs) So whether you are in your 20s, you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, spoiler, you don't have to pick one thing and stick to it. I don't care what anyone else tells you, you don't. Or maybe you're in your 30s like me and you haven't had that magical IDGAF moment that everyone seems to be having. That's, by the way, I don't give a... You know, for those of you who don't speak in anagrams or acronyms, whatever that word is, uh, I'm so sorry. I will do my best to translate my language on this podcast because I speak really weirdly. (laughs) The irony of me not knowing certain words and speaking weirdly and in like anagrams or acronyms is not lost on me. Or maybe you have kind of passed these milestone points and you've got the hang of life but you can just join and laugh at how much more I have to learn and how naive I am because disclaimer I am obviously not all-knowing and nothing I say here is gospel also legally please don't take my advice just putting that out there and I've also been putting the feelers out there to you guys on social media too and I think a lot of us are feeling this confusion about adult life it's what spurred me to really crack on with this podcast lots of you wanted to know who these people are that really have their shiz together and what are their secrets Side note, I already have a guest lined up for that podcast. It's going to be a good one. Um, she actually volunteered her services the other day and I was like, hmm, this is going to be good. Anyway, other people can't believe how cleaning seems to be never ending and why the hell cheese is so expensive. Also need to cover that last one with it was a big submission from earlier in the year before the cost of absolutely everything under the sun in the UK shot up. Like the cost of petrol is now making cheese look pretty good. Um, not my cheese, I'm vegan, so my cheese is just extortionate all the time. But I've seen the price increase on Boursin. you know, we've seen it. Anyway, you know, on that point of people that have their shiz together and those that feel like they don't, I have a theory, I have a hypothesis. I'm so sorry, I reference TikToks all the time. Please don't hate me. I think those of us that feel like we don't have our shiz together have boomer parents who were like a bit keeping up with the Joneses, that kind of type of people they were real perfectionists and we their children their offspring we are trying to emulate that but we live in a different time that is so much more fast-paced so much more overwhelming and it just leads you to feeling constantly overwhelmed because you're striving to meet this new unobtainable standard we really just jumped in there that is not today's episode uh i will deep dive into that another time and that was probably one of the first of many tangents here on the tsdq podcast i hope you enjoyed it because i know i did Anyway, welcome to Confessions of a 30-something Drama Queen. I can't believe the speed at which I am managing to say that because sometimes it's a real tongue twister. Anyway, here you can listen to my life hypotheses. Hypotheses? Which one is it? Who knows? My existential crises, my deep dives into adult life uh, on a weekly to twice weekly basis. I actually haven't decided yet, so let me know how frequently you want these. Also... Do we prefer seasons or constant episodes? I am starting this podcast out really loosely, so down for whatever. Let me know, as I would say on YouTube. So yeah, episode one, and I guess the theme of this is going to be being bad at things or fear of failure. That seems very appropriate because that's something that I am really feeling right now. You know, I'm scared of this new project. I'm I'm scared I'm going to be bad, but allow me my space to be bad. This is me asking for permission, but also kind of demanding at the same time, because this is my podcast, you know, allow me space to be bad or not to be bad, but not to start out with all of the bells and whistles. See, this is the daunting thing about starting out on a platform once norms are already established. Like if I had started this podcast in 2018, podcast was really just kind of starting to really pop with like, in terms of like influences back then because obviously podcasting has been around for years i have loved podcasts for so long like 2014 i was obsessed with hypothetical help honestly love that podcast so much it was great sore bones some of the very early podcasts i started listening to if i had started back then this podcast would probably be starting with way less pressure because there just wasn't the expectation on podcasts like there is now. I feel like it's now become the same as a lot of other industries, whether it's YouTube and feeling like you have to have a super slick camera set up, extensive wardrobe, fancy home, or it's TikTok and you feel like you need to be funny or good at dancing. Or with podcasts, it seems to be now you obviously need to have great sound, which is fine. I've got I've got a partner that's especially good at that so ticking that off hopefully. Um but it also feels like you need to have like a cool setup and like film you whilst you're actually recording your podcast and post these videos onto YouTube. We really do like to make a mountain out of a molehill when it comes to like starting something new, don't we? Like, it feels like everyone has to start big or don't start at all. And the second I told everyone I was starting a podcast, every single person I told asked if I was videoing it and putting it on YouTube. Like, for God's sake, let me learn to walk before I can run. And I understand why they're saying this. Like, there's definitely the added expectation that comes with being a YouTuber already. Like, you're obviously comfy being on camera and speaking, so why wouldn't you record it and put it on YouTube? But, guys, I want to turn up and, like, maybe just... Sit be in my pyjamas and come and talk to you about something like personal and we're just chill and you know I've got no makeup on and my hair's on top of my head and I'm wearing Care Bear pyjamas for crying out loud like I don't necessarily want the pressure at least to begin with of doing video so if you want me to be all singing or dancing, I cannot do all of these things at once when starting something new. You've got the wrong girl. Eventually I will get there, but that is not me right now. I love to start small. There's something really, really beautiful in that. So allow me space here to start out imperfectly. Allow me space to grow and improve Allow me space to fail if I'm like, oh my God, I'm terrible at this. Or, you know, maybe we'll just have, maybe I won't give up, but maybe we'll have a podcast episode that I'm like, oh, that was a bit of a fail. That's fine. There might be times where I pause to think over my words a bit more, especially if I am talking about something that's important or maybe a little bit sensitive. I am used to YouTube after all, where you can cut and edit as much as you please. And that is very normal. Whereas a podcast is a very different way of speaking and a different way of editing, I would say. It's like communicating your free flowing thoughts. And it sounds like when you're listening, like everyone is just constantly speaking without making any mistakes. And that's not the case. But there's definitely a different way of speaking that is needed for this type of media. And whilst I can waffle with the best of them on YouTube, this feels so different. On YouTube, you also can't deep dive as much now because the vlogs have to be constantly progressing, moving to keep people interested. Because the average attention span is decreasing so badly but people still want these long videos at the same time so it's a really strange combo to juggle as a creator and you actually have to be conscious of your word count too in terms of like more words per minute which is actually the opposite speaking on a podcast how mad is that like on youtube i can do 120 words per minute that's fine that's like you know something to aim for on here it's like you need to just slow it down a bit like i am in your ears it's overwhelming if i talk at the speed of light. And I'm also not used to talking freely for 20 minutes at a time. Most of the chatty bits in the vlog, when you really think about it, are only 10 minutes at best. So I'm going to have to almost train myself to go in on the nitty gritty here, which I'm not used to doing over on that platform, because also some of you are going to be new and you won't have listened to me on YouTube and you won't know who the hell I'm talking about when I say Ryan, for example. So even these details are things I remember to say. And, you know... I might mess up, I might not be great at that to begin with because this is learning a whole new skill so it's going to be a big change for me so let's embrace imperfection here and me making myself very vulnerable by trying something new. Also, fun fact, my managers, sorry team I am exposing you, uh, even asked if I would send them the first episode to give feedback on so that they could suggest improvements before it goes live and I actually declined. I feel like it not only goes against the entire point of episode one, but it also adds way more pressure knowing I'm sending this to someone in a department where podcasting is like their area of expertise. I didn't do that when I started YouTube and I certainly won't be doing that now. Thank you, sir. You know, when I started YouTube, I was just in my bedroom, 19 years old. Oh, I am just think I'm just going to record this and pop it up there. I didn't ask my mum. I didn't ask my dad. I just did it. And that's how I want to do this as well. So I'm alone in this studio I'm just going to pop it up, put it out there, and they can feed back to me along with everybody else. It also felt like it would add way more pressure on this first recording to have someone that's like a pro listen to this. So yeah, that's where we're at. At the time of recording this, I also haven't told any of you about this podcast, like not even the name. That's how nervous I am and how little pressure I want to put on this situation. I mean, my life, there could be something horrendously wrong and I'll have to change half of the concepts. Like... I don't know. I mean, I hope not because several different agencies have signed off on this without flagging any issues. But with the way we've seen some very public product launches go recently, you never know. I'm touching wood. Oh, God, I'm touching wood. Anyway.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: Okay. I think this want to start off perfect, it doesn't seem to just be a me thing. It seems like we all do this in life as well, especially once you get to an age where you've got a little bit more experience under your belt. You feel as if everything you do needs to be perfect, but I'm watching the way we're all doing things and it feels like it's almost having a trickle down effect and people are feeling this at a younger and younger age. And that is so sad to me, like we're not leaving any room for mistakes or to fail, which ultimately in avoiding these becomes a new kind of failure. A failure to learn. That sounds so cliche, but there we have it. (laughs) God, I'm full of these, I'm so sorry. But if we're not making mistakes or maybe not even starting at all, how do we learn? So with that in mind, let me tell you about the first time I really, really failed. There have obviously been many, many maths tests and school situations in life where I have failed. Failure actually came very naturally to me as a child. I almost expected it. It was no big deal. However, in my late teens and around my GCSEs and A-levels, for those of you that are outside of the UK, that's kind of like our version of like the US SAT kind of schooling system thing. Just to give context, I don't know what everyone has in different countries, but yeah, to give a little bit of context, that's what I mean when I say that. I started to do really, really well and people's positive reinforcement really started to bring out perfectionist tendencies in me that I never realised I had. No one realised I had. However, a child psychologist probably would have picked up on it because when I look back, there were like some clear warning signs. But anyway, but for a while, the positive reinforcement, it was good. It helped me to develop a really good work ethic. It got me a great career. I worked in marketing and events before leaving to do social media full time in 2014. But 2014 onwards were where these perfectionist tendencies really had a chokehold on me. And I stopped trying new things because I was scared of being bad at them or failing. Case in point, I've been back and forth over starting a podcast since 2018 and it's 2022 now, my dudes. Four years of fear, but we finally got here. Anyway, backstory aside, first time I failed or I thought i failed. So I was signed to a management company who weren't specialists in digital. They were starting out managing social media influencers. I hate that word, but we're going to use it because it is fitting for the story. And they took a very low cut from our earnings because they weren't specialists. They were just getting into the industry. And because of that, the money was amazing. So I was like, sign me up. And they were nice, obviously. However, eventually they realized that they weren't making enough money to cover themselves and make a profit. And they slowly started dropping us one by one. And looking back, I have a theory. I have a hypothesis. But I'm not going to go into this because that's a story for another time. Or over a glass of wine. Get me drunk. I'll give you the details but at the time it made me feel like it was because we weren't working hard enough or I wasn't working hard enough I'm not going to speak for everyone that's not a royal we just talking about me in the end when my time came and I was dropped and I could really tell it was coming because I wasn't the first to be dropped there was like a string of it happening and I kind of knew my time was coming and when it did I really felt like I had failed Should I have worked harder? Should I have taken bigger brand jobs for brands that I was not passionate about to kind of please them? No, no, no. It was not my responsibility to jeopardize my brand or my mental health for the sake of this company. By the way, I have to say most of the people in this company were amazing people, but it was the people higher up that really made this an uncomfortable situation for everyone involved. And I hold no bad feelings towards my old managers themselves because they were lovely and just working for a company that put them in an uncomfortable situation. Anyway, I immediately pitched myself to Storm Models and Gleam Futures. And whilst it was one of the hardest months of my life up until that point, I've definitely been through harder now. Uh, I was trying to go on publicly, like everything was fine, but it was vlogtober, if you know, you know. But behind the scenes, I was like slaving away at these pitches because I just, I really felt like my career was over. I thought this was the moment my career was over. Like I remember the day I got told that I was no longer going to be represented by them. And I remember being in my back garden, like waiting for my dog to pee. And I'm just looking up at the sky crying, being like, this is what failing looks like. And it was so dramatic. It was like, this is why this podcast has this name, by the way, guys, because I am so, so dramatic. But yeah, I'm like crying, waiting for my dog to pee, thinking I have failed. My career is over. I'm never going to be represented by anyone. I don't know how I'm going to get a new manager, like really, really spiraling, you know, the vibe. So it was a really hard period in my life. Like I said, I was pitching to other managers behind the scenes and there was so much personally going on at the time on top of all of this um, with like me, with my friends, with my family, just everything. And on top of this, I was really going through it all alone as I was so scared to tell my mum and dad. And this is where perfectionism and my fear of failure really isolates me because I would get so scared to go to them and tell them that I'd failed or something was going wrong that I would go through these situations alone with zero support and I'd only tell them about the experience once I've fixed the situation. Not good. Don't do it, guys. Like, if you catch yourself doing that, step on those crunchy leaves and, you know, reach out, tell people, talk, ask for help, because I really shouldn't have gone through that alone. However, whilst it was a hard time, it was also such a good learning experience as I'd never pitched myself to anyone before, not even a little brand, no one, nothing. But it went really well and I had offers from both of them before going with my gut and choosing Gleam and what felt like failure turned into a really proud career moment for me. It did wonders for my confidence and looking back, it really weirdly feels like it was a blessing. It sounds so cliche and I'm about to hit you with another one because... Whilst one door closed, a new door really did open and the road it led me down completely changed my life. Also, in case you're wondering, the other company eventually dropped all of their social talent and that really helped me make peace with it because it really wasn't anything personal, even though at the time really felt like it. And like I said earlier, this isn't the only time I failed by any means. (laughs) I have failed to maintain relationships. I have failed so many maths tests that the limit does not exist. I have failed to start new brands and I fail to cook a decent dinner on a weekly basis. There have been so many burnt garlic breads, it's just downright criminal. But in most of these learnings, even the dinner mistakes, I learned something. My biggest learning came from making a financial lifestyle mistake. I moved into a big house with an ex-partner and six months later we broke up. I naively thought that I could cover the cost of living in this big house, and care for the dogs, and pay all of the bills, and still live a very fun life, and for a while, I did. When I look back, I was just being stubborn because I wasn't ready to completely upheave my life even more than I already had. I wasn't ready for change, and I didn't want to again feel like I had failed. And I think some part of me thought that moving back into a flat would feel like I have failed. Whereas if I stayed in the house that I was living in, everything stayed the same. It just felt like I was single, but nothing else was changing. And that didn't feel as bad to me. But when it came to travelling for work, there is a season for it. And when it came round to that season, things got really expensive. My dogs were constantly in doggy daycare. Not only is this really sad for them, but also outrageously expensive. And I'm going to tell you this story because this is my space on the internet to be very open and very honest. But one month I paid £900 in dog care. Just dog care. It makes me feel sick saying that. And it was eating into my savings every month on the trot. And later that year, I basically had to downsize my whole life. It was so painful. One of the dogs had to go and live with my parents. And my oldest friend took the other one. And I cried so hard. It was one of the worst times of my life. It was one of the hardest decisions that I've ever made. It was also during Vlogtober 2018 and behind the scenes I was an absolute mess. October is cursed. I stand by it. Every October something bad happens. It was worse than any breakup I could have experienced, just having to make that decision about my little furballs. But fast forward a year and the lower rent and the less high maintenance lifestyle, it paid off and I was able to finally get back on track with my savings and I eventually felt ready to get on the property ladder. And in case you're wondering, one dog... My little shrimpy, my little shrimperoo, Nala, Denise, she goes by many names. She was happy to come back, but the other dog, Rory, my little Dorito, my angel, my bunny, she wasn't even a year old when this all happened, so she really attached to my friend. And she now lives her best life with her. And she's completely spoiled by her and her new family. And let me tell you, that dog, that girl, she was born to be an only child. I look around her house and it's just gallery walls of her squishy little face everywhere. And I feel like that's where she's meant to be. You know, when they say things kind of work out like how they're meant to, maybe I'm just trying to make peace with the situation, but I feel like that worked out how it was meant to work out. And I still see her and it's just lovely. And I know everyone has different opinions on this situation. And I have hated talking about it and normally avoid it at all costs because it always will touch a nerve with someone. But let me have this podcast as my safe space, to be honest about my experiences, guys, because if this helps some of you if this comforts some of you, if this just, you know, gives a learning experience to some of you, that is, that is the aim here. It's important to be honest about this and to talk about it because this story really did have a few lessons in it. The obvious being the money lesson. Like it sounds so obvious, but don't increase your lifestyle in accordance with your earnings because I really fell victim to that. Like I couldn't even see it happening, but it did. And obviously the breakup didn't help, but it was just really stupid of me. It wasn't out of necessity. If it's out of, like, need, it's a completely different kettle of fish, obviously, but I was just being stupid, like, so stupid. My personal expenditure was literally out of control, and when I look back, I would never do that now, but it taught me how to manage my money better, and whilst it's so embarrassing, so embarrassing to have to go to your parents and say, guys, I need your help, please take my dog, because I'm going to have to downsize my life, because I've been hemorrhaging money for, like, a year, and... Like, that is embarrassing. And trust me, also, my dad is a scary man. And it's my idea of hell to disappoint him. And having to go to him and tell him, I've messed up something like money was not a fun experience. He's a real working class man, ex-plumber, does not like money being wasted. And yeah, this was yet another example of me being so scared to go to my parents and tell them that I had failed at some aspects of my adult life spoiler I've got really comfortable with it now like they basically just laugh at me now it's very normal but it was a learning experience and I'm so grateful for that lesson both financially and also learning to be honest about when you're effing up it's so much easier if you're just honest about it straight up whether it's in friendships financially personally whatever it's just easier to be like um I'm screwing this up okay cool what what can I do about it um and that's what I had to do in that situation. And it also taught me that sometimes what feels like the hardest choice in the moment can often work out to be the best choice in the long run. And that to me is my ultimate like definition of self-care, like doing things that don't feel good in the moment, but over time have the best return on your investment. And it's funny that I say that because I remember that time so vividly. And I remember knowing in my gut that whilst this was so incredibly painful, those life choices were the right ones to make, even when people... Tried to make me feel like it wasn't the right choice because, for whatever reason, it triggered them. I knew it was right for me. And fast forward to 2022, I am now great at managing money and my dog has the backyard she deserves. So it worked out, thankfully. So sometimes failure is more of a lesson and sometimes failure isn't even failure at all. It's a redirection or just a complete and utter blessing. But these lessons and these blessings, they aren't going to come if you forget to go and live and learn in the first place. So let's embrace being bad at something new, making mistakes, throwing yourself in head first, and learning because the alternative is you staying the same for the rest of your life and isn't that so boring? It's a real cringe cliche but they say the struggle is where the character is built and the growth happens and oh my god I'm a walking motivation Monday. This is so embarrassing but anyway if you like that series on my Instagram that I did years ago you will love this pod and if you didn't I am so sorry. <laughs> but anyway I personally would rather have a million mistakes under my belt when my time is up rather than looking back and thinking god I wish I tried that and I guess that's the moral of today's story whether you are starting a new job and you're still getting the hang of it or you agreed to play tennis every week with your boyfriend even though you have the coordination of a one-year-old actually that's rude there are probably one-year-olds with better hand-eye coordination than me that for me Anyway, or even if you're trying to launch something, but it doesn't become the overnight success that you had hoped. That is definitely a whole podcast episode in itself. The myth of like the overnight success. But anyway, you can't be a champion if you're not in the ring in the first place. My God, I did just say that. I'm dying. I am. Anyway. Wow. You can't even improve, really, if like you're not in the ring. So like get in there and (laughs) start throwing some punches. I what? Anyway. I take that back. Don't do that. Don't choose violence, people. God, this is... Why? Oh my god, this is so cringe. Why Why do I say these things? This is such a cringe way to round up the show. I have to go. Can I, can I get a do-over? Thank god, I will do better next week. I'm so sorry. I love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me the space to be terrible and cringe to start with. I'm so excited for this new journey with you all. Please follow TSDQ podcast or on Insta, Pinterest, Twitter, wherever you like to consume your updates. I'm Susie Bernaldi. This was Confessions of a 30-something Drama Queen. Love you, bye.